Welcome to Grow Well Podcast. My name is Dusty Heggie, and here on Grow Well Podcast, we chat plant growth and human growth because I know it is by God's design that there are so many incredible parallels between the two. Today's episode is a very personal growth-focused episode. We, of course, chat plants, as we always do. But today, my guests are Jessica and Marley. They are the founders of the incredible company Gather. They are best friends, business partners, and they created Gather as young moms who were struggling with the discontent between wanting to live with intention and having lives so jam-packed that they could hardly keep up. And they said that they realized they wanted to live purposefully and that in order to do so, they would need to clear out a little little space. So their original gather mat was born out of that exact mentality. It gave them literal space to gather with their kids, but it was always about so much more for them. It was not about making an effort to create a moment, not a blimp or a blur or a blink of an eye, but a space of time where they could stop and be together with their family. Since then, they've expanded their product line just from the classic leather or like vegan leather gather mat to backpacks and bibs and all kinds of really incredible products that combine functionality and beauty to create lasting memories and to facilitate that effort of fun and to facilitate that togetherness so that we can gather together. And it is for their very mission that I wanted to bring them on Grow Well podcast. I feel a little sorry and I feel a little bit starstruck being able to have spoken to such incredible women about their passion for togetherness, their passion for community, and just the incredible things that God has done in their lives. They have so much wisdom to share with us in this episode and in our conversation. Honestly, I wish I could have just talked to them forever. It was such a blessing and I cannot wait to share it with you. Before we dive in, I ask that you head to whatever podcast app you're listening to and click subscribe. And if you really love this episode, share it with a friend. Make sure you tag Gather and tag at Dusty Heggie on Instagram. And let's get their incredible mission and their incredible work out for everybody to hear. Let's grow this planty community together. Okay? Sound good? Okay. Let's dive on into this incredible conversation. I hope you're ready. Hi, we're Marilee and Jessica, and we run Gather. It's an online business sold mostly through Instagram. We make modern leather goods for your home and kids and families to connect with each other. Um, So we started back in 2015 um, and have just been going at it for a long time. Um, There's two of us, and we have some employees now. We have an office, and it feels like we've grown, and we're really grateful for every step along the way. But we're grateful to be here. Thank you for having us, Dusty. Yeah, I'm so happy you guys can make it. I'm feeling really honored. Oh, no. You're so sweet. <laughs> how did you guys start Gather? Like, how did that come to be? So back in the day, uh, I had two little kids, and we were living in a really small apartment, and it was hot in the summer. So we were eating outside frequently on a blanket that my husband's grandma had given us. And one day, my husband came home from – he went overseas – 
for his work a lot and he came home with a packet of samples of leather like a big book of just colors of leather and at the time I, my kids were just spilling spaghetti sauce and milk and everything all over this blanket and I was washing it all the time and for some reason when I like held that leather I was like wait why is there not something that you can just wipe off that when you're sitting on you don't have to go do laundry every time it gets dirty with kids so from there we just started talking with that factory and sourcing different kinds of leather and it just kind of took off from there. It was like a simple idea. And we thought like, oh, well, if it's a blanket, you could also use it under your high chair or for diaper changing math. And we've just kind of evolved from there. So <laughs> that's crazy. How, why did he bring book home, home a book of leather? Yeah. Good question. Was he just like, this is pretty. I'll bring it home. Yeah. No, he's kind of an <laughs> entrepreneurial mind and he has okay. always been in, excited about like fashion and things. And it was a shoe factory that he went to initially. And so he was just looking at some pretty things. Yeah. And literally brought home a book of leather. So it was sort of just fell in our laps. And dust came on really quickly thereafter. And we've been partners ever since and we're best friends. And <laughs> it feels like a dream to be able to work with someone you admire and you get along with great and to build a brand that you believe in and then like hire and create a team with your same values. It's just totally feels like a big blessing. So we're really grateful. Yeah. You guys have navigated those. I mean, I'm seeing your journey from a very outsider perspective looking in, but it's like really clear what your values are through your branding and through your company. Like I could tell right away that like you guys love the Lord and just the way that you do business and just you guys do it with such ethics and such integrity. It's just really inspiring to watch and to be a part of in like a small way. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to us because it's super vulnerable. <laughs> I'm it sure is. Yeah. To put yourself out in the interwebs and you know we've we've always just tried to stay true to who we are because I think the world tries to tell you you have to be this type of person or run your business this way and we've just always tried to I don't know stay true to our faith and who we are so that that message is like what people really can hold on to so yeah so you guys started it 2014 and <laughs> yeah 2014 yeah, we started as a different brand and rebranded. So our rebranding date was 2015. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been around for four and a little bit or years. Yeah. And then how, when did Jessica come on, the, like as part of the team? When did you guys partner? Yeah, she came on before Gather was born. So she's been okay. the whole time. Yeah, that's cool. Partner. Yeah. I came like, I don't know, a month and a half after they completed the Kickstarter. So that's kind of how the company was born through a Kickstarter campaign. Um, and I don't even remember. Mary just like asked me to help with some marketing and I was yeah. like, sure. I admire like, Jess so much and we weren't even that close of friends. We met at like a mommy group play date, but she had her masters and was just the most put together person. And I just knew she had <laughs> You're shaking your head, Jessica. You're like, no, I'm definitely was not. Yes, and has a good brain on her shoulders. So I was like, wait, can do you are you interested in this? She like gave me a few tips once. And I was like, wait, you're so smart. Would you do this with me? We come back. That's cool. I was going to ask if you guys were friends before the building of the company. I mean, we, were, we knew each other. Yeah. I would say we were more like acquaintances. Oh, for sure. But I felt the same way. I remember meeting Marilee several times and just being like, oh, I want to be her best friend because she's like <laughs> good lady and she just like radiated goodness and light and I just wanted to be just like her so I was like oh I just want to be this girl's best friend and then no it's you know, true yeah <laughs> dream come true yeah how has that been on like your guys's relationship and your friendship building 
you guys now, what started as a very small thing, I'm sure, is now pretty big. <laughs> like you guys have built an incredible company in like four, in like not a long time. That's like five years. So that's a lot happening real fast. It has been a whirlwind, huh? I think the thing, and obviously I'll let Merit speak to this too, but um, the thing for me that has, I guess, helped our relationship kind of outlast the ups and downs of running a business and being in a partnership is just that I've always tried to like put our friendship first, like in the grand scheme of things, that's what I care about way more than anything else. And I I remember telling myself even in the beginning that like, if there was ever an issue, I would exit with understanding that I'd rather preserve our friendship than like you know what I mean? So yes, yeah. I feel like for me, that's kind of been like a guiding light is like, I just care so much more about her as a friend. I obviously love her as a business partner and it's right, yeah. out wonderfully. Um, but I just try and have that perspective of like, does this like, you know, if we have a, uh, a difference of opinion or, or whatever, you know, the normal things that come with running a business or it's like really stressful is my reaction or what I'm putting into this you know, situation right from like a friendship standpoint and what I want my friend to feel this way or whatever. And so I think that's kind of helped me. That's beautiful. I think, well, if you find a partner like Jess, you're just set for life. She's just the best ever. um, But the only tips I would add if people are working with a partner is just try to keep transparency open. Mm -hmm. Like we're pretty open with each other if we're struggling or needing a break or whatever. Um, or disagreeing or, you know, we talk yeah. a lot and that's been helpful. And then being, being pretty clear about where your boundaries lie so that you have some differences of stewardship or, you know, using different roles so that like Jess has certain things that she just uh, gets to go around and do. And I like 100% support her, you know? And so like certain things she takes charge of in business. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we're not like, stepping on each other's toes and gotcha. yeah. in each other's business <clears throat> corner. So. Yeah, that's for sure helps because we, I feel like we have different skill sets and talents. I mean, there is a lot of overlap, but the differences have allowed us to take on different roles. Um, So we're not like always going up to bat on things because we're in charge of different things. Um, But we also complement each other really well, I think, too, and have found a good balance. But have fun. It's like a nonstop party. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. The other thing that, I guess a similar along that same train of thought is how has it been on your families? Cause you guys both have little kids and spouses and have a lot going on at home. How has that, I imagine that piece has probably been a little bit harder. Yeah. I think that's like the golden question, Dusty. Cause yes, like, <laughs> I'm asking for a friend here. Like, uh... <laughs> How do you balance your work life home? You know, that's like just so hard, but, um, it's been a challenge and I think we both recognize there there's no such thing as like true balance. It's just give and take. Sometimes one thing takes priority over another and you try to have long-term perspective. Um, for me personally, I would say knowing where I am and what I'm supposed to be doing gives me a lot of purpose. And if I have that assurance, this is where I need to be, whether that's like a divine answer or just, you know, this is a dream that I'm chasing that I'm going after or whatever then that purpose can help me navigate the ups and downs. And then I would also say just putting first things first, if you can always keep track of where your priorities are, even when 
if work is bananas crazy, but you're still going to read books to your kids at bedtime or like pick the things that you have to pick your battles. So pick the things that mean the most to you and stick with them. And I think children and husbands know where your heart is. So even if it's a busy season of three months or a year, up to a long year, whatever, they still <laughs> yeah. sense like, I love you. You're so important to me. I'm, I'm just busy for a moment and you'll always be my number one and try not to let the mom guilt get to you, but it's so hard. <laughs> it is so hard. And I feel like I tried to combat that by involving my kids a lot and my house too. Um, especially in our early days, like our kids would come be models in our photo shoots. <laughs> they would help us ship product. They'd help us fold mats, everything, like, everything. And we've always tried to like involve them so that they're part of the journey and part of the story. And, and hopefully they're obviously able to learn some life lessons, but they're also able to see what we're doing and building and hopefully it gives them a different perspective too. And yeah, I echo everything Mary says. I think We've both, like in the last few years, especially as it's become more intense and like easier than we ever dreamed, we've both had to really fall back on who we are and why we're here on this earth and who's guiding our path. Like, is it our Heavenly Father or are we letting the world dictate what our priorities are? And so I think that's been really special with our partnership too, is that we're very much so on the same page. Um, and what's important in life in that bigger life perspective. So it's made it easier to like make decisions and maybe pull back on certain things because we're super aligned in that. So long answer. The only other thing I would add, just because this one's so hard and such a big deal is handle out things that you can. Justice talked about like getting a cleaner for your house or, you know, Mm -hmm. like when you're at certain points and you can't do everything, then pick, pick what, means more to you. So we both have a nanny, not that we're dishing out our kids, but that when we're at home, we can't do work and be at home well. So we've split that up so we can focus on work and then come home and be with our kids. And so those sort of things that often don't get talked about, but that are hard and real and important parts of navigating a working mom life. So, yeah. 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 My husband used to work at a, um, like a teen rehab facility and they were talking about like in the training the the factor that makes a child come back again and have to come back and just follow a lifestyle of really poor decisions is having one or only one like sort of role model or person to look up to whether it be a parent or an aunt or an uncle Um, and so they were really stressing the value of like our kids need multiple people that they can come back and trust and they feel safe around. And I always think of that when we talk about putting our kids into school earlier or nannies. Like if I can be intentional as a mother and pick a nanny who's going to uphold values, who's going to be a good person that my kids can talk to that isn't just me. Um, Not that I don't want my kids to talk to me. I always want that. They're still teeny tiny. But like I think that we have a lot of guilt and a lot of like pressure like doling out our kids heavy air quotes there. But there's a lot of value and a lot of beauty in that. I think that we're not meant to raise a kid all on our own. For sure. Or build a business all on our own or do life all on our own. I love that. I think that is something I've learned personally and I'm sure Mayor has too. Just within like the culture um, here in Utah and the kind of traditions of our faith, it's not quite as accepted for a mother to work. I think that landscape is changing a lot and we're seeing a lot more support and it's just becoming more normal, you know? Um, but I really value that thought that like it takes the community to raise a family, right? Like 
I don't know. I think of back in the day when you used to like live right next to your mom and your grandma was up the street and your siblings are everywhere and everyone is helping you. Like you, you help each other. And, and that's what I've tried to look at. Um, you know, having a nanny is, is someone who is helping me raise humans in the best way possible. And it's not me shaping my responsibility, but just having a little more help and, I don't regret it at all. And I'm grateful that yeah. we've, we've been able to become good people, you know, but obviously there's, there's boundaries there and stuff, but I'm just grateful that I am not on my own because I would be failing miserably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it always makes me think if you were to do like a poll on Instagram, I would bet like 75% or so of people would say that they're introverts. And I always wonder, is it that they're introverts or that they don't quite understand what true community means yet? Like, because that's a thing, a skill you have to learn how to be a part of a community and how to get plugged into a good community. And I'm still, I am still learning that. So I'm for sure not an expert. But I always think about that when we label ourselves as introvert or extrovert. Like, I always put, wonder, like, how much is it that we're like, have like, we have good relationships with people that feed us and build us up? I'm not saying we don't need some alone time, but which is a lot of the things that you guys do. You guys facilitate gatherings, you guys facilitate a lot of community and make that beautiful and accessible, um, which is why your mission's really, really inspiring. What is something that over the last four years has been the biggest sort of maybe learning point for you guys, either individually or as a team? Man, that's a deep one. <laughs> Those expressions, guys. I know. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> it's hard to sum up four years of learning in, in a little short answer. Um, I touched on this a little. My first reaction is just putting first things first. Uh, getting married puts you in in awareness of your faults. Having a child heightens that awareness. And then I feel like having a business is like, whoop, just still. Um, so it's humbling. It's so humbling to run a business and to be a mom at the same time. It's just like, next level. So I think in the four years, as we've tackled our own families and our life and then tried to run a business, I think the, the rock foundation for me is just putting first things first. So waking up in the morning for me, that means I read the scriptures before I check Instagram or whatever, you know, um, and making sure that my priorities are straight because then no matter what happens to the business, I don't have regrets. And I know that's, that's where it's supposed to go. And I can see blessings in my life when I do do that. So I think just trusting the path when you put first things first and having faith that that we'll let everything else fall into its perfect spot or drop out of our life. How do you do that? How do you decide what your priorities are and what to put first? Yeah, that's hard. I think just listening, taking time for self-respect introspection. I mean, our faith system does give us a lot of, you know, these are things that are important and try to do them. And so if we can stick to those things, I've seen a lot of both peace and like material blessings flow when I do those first things first. So that's like a, probably my strongest North star for me is just Mm -hmm. trusting that that, that promise will bring the right things into my life at the right time and help everything else. You know, he'll either fill in the gap or make it fade away, you know? So I love that. What about you? Um, that's a, such a it's good question. such a hard one. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, um, I ran uh, track and cross country growing up and I've always 
been a runner, not only physically, but kind of in my life. Like I didn't always learn how to cope with things well growing up. And so when things got hard, my husband will tell you this when we were first married, I used to literally run away. Like I would go on a run when we had a disagreement. Like I just have to go for a run. Like I would just go run. Yeah. It was kind of just like how I coped with things. Um, and I haven't been able to do that this time. And it's been really, really powerful for me to learn how to stay and to be steady. And, um, even when things get hard, like I remember emailing Marilee after I had my third baby and he was super colicky and I was just like so overwhelmed. Sorry. And it was just a really hard time for me emotionally. I was just like battling a lot. And I just was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I, I can't do it. I have to be done. And you know, yes. I so gracious and like didn't act on anything then. And, and it eventually like that feeling diminished and went away and I was able to kind of get into a better rhythm. But I think that's what this journey has taught me is that God needed me here and um, needed me to, like, he's refined me through this process to be able to stay and, and withhold and, and uphold things that I, I didn't think I was capable of. And that I maybe in my previous self would have <laughs> shirked away from and maybe run away from because it was hard. Yeah. It's been hard. But like Mayor said, I feel like the blessings have been like so innumerable and so overwhelming that we just feel like Heavenly Father has needed us to do this for whatever reason. And we're just trying to remember that and stay to Trust Yeah. I want to take a moment to pause this really great conversation. It's really great, right? I hope you're enjoying it. Jessica and Marley are, are incredible. But I want to take a quick second to pause this conversation and let you know that I have some really fun plant merchandise in the shop. You can head to dustyheggy.com shop and there I have my brand new plants, coffee and more plants diner mug, a gorgeous grow well enamel pin, some fun stickers and some really incredible houseplant supplies, my favorite soil and my favorite plant food. I would love it if you could go check it out. I only carry products and create products that I would personally buy and currently use. I use my mug every morning. I always plant my houseplants in the soil that I carry in my shop, and I know you're going to love it. Head to dustyheggy.com shop to grab yours. How many kids do you guys both have? You have three, Jessica? Yeah, I have three. Uh-huh. I have four. Seven babies running around. Yep. <laughs> How old are they? Um, my oldest is eight and then I have, um, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So they're all about like three years apart. And then I have an eight, six, three, and one-year-old. And they're really good. Our kids, our kids are all like one of our biggest goals is to get them somehow married. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) We go on gather retreats to review quarterly goals or whatever and they're best friends and we have sleepovers and it's just a dream. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah, I have two little girls and they're almost four and two. Oh, fun. Yeah. Oh. Right in the thick of all the toddlers. Yeah, Yeah. you're in the thick of it. It is hard, good work. It is hard, good work. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine about how like it's so odd to go from in the early stages of motherhood and in parenthood, but 
I mean, I can only speak from the motherhood perspective. It's, there, it's just all one giant sacrifice. Like everything you do is a sacrifice. And it's a beautiful sacrifice. And there's ways that you can cling to like who you were before your kids. But you're different. Like you don't really need to cling to that. Like you're learning a new normal. You're learning a new routine. And then coming out as my kids are a little bit older now too, still little. But like she doesn't have to be on my hip all the time. And she's not nursing anymore. Like she doesn't need quite as much of like my physical self it's been like a tricky battle to like find remember the things that I liked to do post like pre-nursing 24-7 like (laughs) coming back to like filling up my skin again and be like oh this is what my body feels like I remember you like it's nice to meet you body (laughs) Yeah. yeah as it's like Christmas time what is a way that you guys like celebrate as a family the time of this airing, it'll be like a little bit after Christmas, I think, but not far. Um, I mean, I feel like Christmas is always just a time to kind of refocus. I think I said this in like our pre-interview notes, but it's my favorite time of year because we get to remember the Savior. And um, it's such a neat opportunity to teach your kids about Him and how to be like Him. And you have so many opportunities to lift others. And so um, I think that's what we've been focusing on this year is there's like a campaign that our church does called light the world and it's just all about serving others and i don't know just trying to find opportunities to get outside of ourselves and be the one lifting and suckering the people that are in need at this time of year it's just always really special to have that reminder of of who we're trying to be like you know so yeah yeah I would just say um, a couple of things. My husband served a mission in Sweden and one tradition they do there is called Advent, which is like they light candles on the Sunday every leading up to Christmas, four Sundays. And that's something my mom did a lot was candles and light. Um, so I love that aspect of this Christmas season, just making sure we're bringing light into our homes and lives. Um, and then I think something unique this year that I just feel like uh, you know, you run a business, you put so much of your money and time and everything into it. And then it starts to like make money, which is the weirdest phenomenon ever. You're like, wait, yes. <laughs> it's working? Like, what? There's money? Um, so I feel like now that I'm at a different spot, like we were so poor for so long that it feels like I just, there's so many people in need, like Jess talked about. Um, and I just want to like, go give them a chance to not be suffering, you know, and go involve my children like dumb doorbell ditching gifts, you know, or bringing some people who might need it. Or we even have a bunch of defect things here at Gather that we'll probably try and give to some girls and boys homes or hospitals or, you know, just making sure that we're using our resources in a way that is relieving the suffering and helping those like the world, like she talked about. So I really love what you said, especially about light Um, in plant growth. And I can't help but see the like human parallel here, but light is the catalyst for growth. Without light, a plant can't photosynthesize. Light is what kickstarts the whole process. And that theme of light keeps popping back up again and again and again in how Jesus came to be a light to the world. And he is the catalyst for our own personal growth and our growth towards him and our our being reunited with him. Um, And in that study, the moon is something that's really precious to me. The reason it's precious to me is because it's a light in the darkness. Like in Genesis, it talks, like the scriptures tell us that the moon is a light in the darkness. And as I was studying this passage and reading about it, I thought, well, I was reading some articles about people saying that the Bible is saying a lie because the moon doesn't create 
physical light. Like it doesn't create light. It only reflects light. Um, And as I was reading through that concept and praying through that concept, I was like, well, what a beautiful parallel to who we are in relation to our light. God is the light of the world, and we get to be a reflection of his light to be a light in this really dark, broken world. And I just, I get chills talking about it because it makes makes me so excited. Um, And I just think it's a really cool theme that keeps people, guests I bring on bring up this, this topic. People I've been talking to on the street bring up this topic. It's just really cool to see how God is like really reviving his people in a season where we all feel very weary. We all feel very broken and very, we're just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of suffering. Yeah. Oh, I love that parallel. Yeah. And yeah, I can't think of anything like, I don't know, more important than that knowledge, you know, that, that there is a God who cares about what we're doing, that we do have the savior who has literally laid his life down for us. Mary and I always talk about that. We have like a gather hope series that we do. Um, usually on every like Saturday night where we share a quote that is meant to like spread his light. Uh, And and we've gotten (laughs) some naysayers and, you know, people who don't agree with everything we say, but the response is usually overwhelmingly positive. And I think people just want to feel that they don't want, they want to feel like they're not alone, that there's a purpose to life, that there's something greater than themselves out there. Um, and if that's the only thing our business ever does, I think we will feel like we have done enough. We just want to like be a reflection of that light. We want to like spread that and share the goodness so that other people can feel it and, and be kind of back in his arms. So I don't know. I just love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are doing a good job at that. You're sweet. We're trying. We really are. Switching gears hardcore here. Do you guys have a uh, plant question I can answer for you guys? I think I wrote how to keep them alive. (laughs) (laughs) I have had one. I had what kind of tree was that? I had a fiddle leaf tree. I kept it alive for almost two years. And then it just recently died and it broke my heart. So I was like, dang it. So invested I'm in not it. a plant yes. after all. But yeah, yeah, how do you, I don't know, like learn how to nourish a plant because they're also different. Yeah. Just the qualities of life. Yeah. Yeah. So the very first thing I always tell people to do, and I have an episode, I think it's, I should know this because I reference it nonstop. I think it's episode 29, but I'll put a link in the show notes for everybody listening. But to learn very basic concepts of how a plant grows. If you think about our physical bodies, we can't really nourish our bodies and take care of our bodies if we don't know how to feed ourselves properly. Like we need to know what kinds of like how much protein and vegetables. Like we need some basic understanding of how nutrition works and how exercise works and how to come to our savior. Like those kinds of things. Like some really essential how a person grows things. So if you want to keep a houseplant in your life for a long period of time, then having a basic understanding of how a plant grows is really, really essential. And like I said earlier, light is the most important factor that you need to understand. So if a plant says, you see them on Pinterest all the time and it drives me bonkers, but it'll say like 10 plants that can grow in zero to whatever light, like in no light, but there's not a single plant in the entire world. No living thing like can survive without light, except the things that we don't understand at the bottom of the ocean. The little asterisk at the bottom there. Those ones. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But like all of the living things that are going to be around us that are going to be in our home, including plants, need light. So a really good place to start is understanding how much light you have available to you and then finding the right plant to bring into your home. So fiddly figs grow in West Africa. Your home isn't going to be as bright as West Africa. (laughs) So there's going to be some things that you need to do to sort of facilitate good growing conditions to make that possible for it to grow. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I have a free quiz on my website at just dustyheggie.com slash quiz, and it will pair you with a good air quotes durable houseplant that can do well based on how much light you feel like you have and based on how hands-on you want to be. Because I always tell people like, you don't really need a houseplant. You don't need it. Like it's just for fun. So let's make it fun. And if you, if you want to have fun in this, you do have to learn a little bit about it in order to keep it alive. Wow. Yeah. Makes sense. So, yeah. so I always I always suggest people start with a plant, either like a snake plant or a pothos, because those two plants um, do well in bright, bright, bright light or in smaller amounts of light. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> You're writing it down. I need to write pothos. I'm literally Googling it right now. What's a pothos plant? <laughs> a pothos, another common name is a devil's ivy. Um, some okay. people say pothos. Some people say pothos. Okay. Um, and they are the plant that you see in like bars. And you see in coffee shops a lot because they do well in low lights. They usually hang and they yeah. have like kind of heart-shaped leaves, more like a spade than a yeah. heart. And they yeah. are really incredible plants because in their native habitat in um, the South Pacific, they grow these gigantic three to four feet wide diameter leaves. And they get these big splits in it like a monstera. And they're really big and beautiful. And in our homes, they grow much smaller leaves like four to six inches usually. If you have a ton of light, they can grow larger. But the reason why I love this plant is because of just how incredibly adaptable it is. If you grow it up a trellis, those leaves will grow bigger because it has more support, which I think is a really cool parallel to human growth again. Yeah, so that's the the plant I typically suggest. And I also have an episode all about how to keep a pothos alive and like a like a blog post with all of the care you could possibly need to know about it. Well, we're going to go investigate. <laughs> look around. Yeah, yeah. But understanding how much light you have is the best. If you can take a photo on your phone without a flash and it's like well lit, then you probably have medium light. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Really- then you have enough light at least to keep a plant alive in your home. So it's just a matter of picking, picking the right one. Yeah. Super insightful. So cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. You're so welcome. <laughs> That's my spiel on plants. I, I, my favorite way to round out the show is I would love to hear something. It can be random. It can be deep. I don't care. You're something that is just making you so super happy right now. I know we talked about Christmas, which is what you filled out on the form, but now you have to pick something else. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I'm going to need really a minute to question. think about that. I think one thing I'll say I've been trying to do and just brings a lot of meaning in my life is just listening. I guess this is all just, just beating that same drum, but um, beat away. just listening to what God asked me to do and trying to do it. However that looks and along the theme of light, there's a, a talk that was recently given in our church called turn on your light by a woman that that we love. And, um, I think just knowing that we all have something to give and there's purpose, great purpose in our using our gifts to help others. And when we do that, that brings rich meaning into our lives. And so I think for me personally, the last little while I've just been trying to listen and trying to do it. And when I think about 
like joy or happiness that like that is summed up into it because like what greater gift could I give the God who gives me everything than to do what he needs me to do and like submit my will to him. So I think that would be my answer is just trying to be more receptive and listening and acting upon those little thoughts and feelings that we have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, Mine's kind of similar, but um, this year I like really struggled with some depression earlier this year. And um, I've had a couple of friends actually ask me like, you seem like you're in such a better place. Like how have you been able to find joy and happiness again? And like a couple months ago, um, I was introduced to like the concept of meditation in a way that I hadn't really exercised before in my life. And I made a commitment to myself that I would do it for like 40 days um, starting like a couple of weeks ago. It has like fundamentally changed my life. And that sounds like really big and grand, but it really has helped me so much. I have started my morning saying a little mantra that's like really positive and um, kind of like recenters me every day. And I just feel like it's bringing me so much joy because I'm like able to open that pathway to heaven, you know, that reception of, of, of receiving guidance from God again, because I am just in a more positive place. And I, anyway, I just like really like breathing and meditation has been so helpful for me as like a precursor to prayer in the morning. Like it's just like helped me more physically be ready to do something more spiritual. And I feel like the combination of those has just like brought me a lot of joy and happiness. Lovely. <laughs> it's kind of where I'm really at. powerful. Can you maybe break down for me a little bit more what you mean by meditation? There is like 7,000 interpretations of that word yes. and I would love some clarity there. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I like have used meditation a lot in childbirth because I have like tried to go natural with my, my babies and it's always been a way for me to like kind of disconnect from everything and really turn in um, and be aware of my breath and whatever. And so that's kind of how I've always used it. But um, recently I've been taking this course, it's like a Christian meditation course by Brooke Snow. Um, and she talks a lot about just like opening your body physically through meditation to again, establish that like, connection with with a higher power um and so for me it's literally just like 15 minutes in the morning it's not like an hour or two hours but it's a time of just like quietness sometimes I'll do it with music sometimes I won't um but I'll just like just really focus on my breath and like I said I say like a mantra every inhale and exhale and then I usually will spend the next I don't know like 10 to however many minutes in prayer after that as like prayer feels like almost another form of meditation to me. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You're kind of like sitting with your thoughts and, um, anyway, so yeah, I don't know if I explained that super well. That does, that does help because I think that meditation can either be a very, um, a very like self-centered, self-glorifying process, or it can be a very God-glorifying process. Discerning the between the two is very, very, very important. Totally. No, totally. And I think for me, like the mantra that I've been saying is like, 
you are enough and you are loved and then I'll say my name and I just repeat that over and over for like 10 to 15 minutes I imagine my my heavenly father telling me that. right he is the one who like makes you enough and he is the yeah, one who loves you the yeah. most I feel like it's been like a really I don't know just like beautiful reminder of like he probably is saying that to us all day long <laughs> you know <laughs> I've been trying to hold on to that so thank you for unpacking that for us yeah no problem well, it's been such a joy to talk to you guys. I'm really, really, really grateful. Oh, Thank you for so having me. Yeah. Beautiful questions, Dusty, and great insights. I'll be thinking about the moon and photosynthesis. Yes. <laughs> My yes. houseplants. Thank you for having us. It really yeah. has been such a treat. We don't do podcasts very often. And yeah. So it's just like fun to do yeah. something. It is fun to hear your guys' story and <laughs> to meet you guys. Can, I mean, I'm assuming everybody knows where, but can you tell everybody where to find you? Yeah. Um, our company handle on Instagram is at gather, G-A-T-H-R-E. And then we sell our product on gather.com. And I'll have direct links for everybody in the show notes. So you can swipe up in your podcast app or head to dustyheggy.com for all the links there also. My prayer is that this episode inspires you and challenges you and encourages you to continue to pursue a life of intentionality, to pursue growing well, and to gather with those near and dear to your heart, and honestly, with those who you feel uncomfortable around and those who challenge you and those who who are very different than you. Like I just pray that we can come together as God's church and that we can rise up to glorify his name in all that we do. And my prayer is that this wonderful conversation leaves you all inspired and jazzed up to do exactly that. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to Grow Well Podcast in your favorite podcast app. And then share this episode with your friends. Please tag Gather. It's G-A-T-H-R-E on Instagram and myself, Dusty Heggy, which is D-U-S-T-Y-H-E-G-G. Tag Gather and at Dusty Heggy on Instagram and share this episode with your friends because I believe that this message needs to be shared and I cannot do that by myself. So thanks for hanging out with us today. I hope you have an incredible week of growing well. 